This is London. During the night and in full daylight this morning, German planes again made isolated attacks on England. This morning, they repeated their raid near a town where a number of people were killed and injured yesterday. Relatively, however, there was little German air activity over England this weekend. Bombs were reported at only a few points by the air ministry. Apparently, a number of German planes were attacked before they reached England, since three British fighters have failed to return. It is claimed that seven German planes were shot out of the sky. This includes four German fighters. It is not established whether these fighters were escorting German bombers or on a special photographic mission of their own. Delayed action bombs were dropped in one district. These do not explode until from one to four days have elapsed. They're designed to penetrate deeply and destroy water mains to make firefighting difficult. Now, they're also used to attack airfields in the hope that they will remain undiscovered and later destroy aircraft which were dispersed or in the air during the actual raid. Lord Beaverbrook, Minister of Aircraft Production, announced that during June, British aircraft production hit a new high. He said the total aircraft doubled the number produced in June last year. Meantime, official records claim that since the start of the war, Germany has lost almost 2,500 aircraft through British effort alone. A dispatch from Malta states that the enemy has lost five planes in heavy raids since 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. The raids are said to have stopped at 10 o'clock this morning. When an alliance breaks up, the grounds for mutual recriminations are almost unlimited. Today, the British press explains at length why the Allied armies failed to close the gap made by the Germans after the Battle of the Meuse. The British explanation is, in a word, that the French left the British army to attack alone. The full story of this action is something that won't be told for many years. But probably a more serious aspect of the collapse of the Anglo-French alliance is to be found in the fact that the French are in possession of an uncomfortable number of British military and naval secrets. Although the Peytown government declared on Friday that they had severed all ties with Great Britain, official circles in London still maintain that they have received no formal notification of the severance of diplomatic relations. The absence of such formal notification would seem to be only a detail, since the French Ministry of Marine has announced that two naval air squadrons, which were being demobilized, were rearmed and used to bomb British vessels anchored at Gibraltar. The notification that's missing would seem to be a declaration of war rather than the severance of diplomatic relations. On the home front, the discussion of Mr. Chamberlain's position in the government continues. The British Institute of Public Opinion announces the result of a poll this morning. A cross-section of British voters were asked, Do you think that Mr. Chamberlain, Sir John Simon, Sir Kingsley Wood, and Lord Halifax should be dropped from the government, or are you in favor of their remaining? 77% wanted Mr. Chamberlain to go. 63% expressed a desire that Sir John Simon should leave the government. 57% were against Lord Halifax while 55% expressed a desire that Sir Kingsley Wood, former air minister, now chancellor of the exchequer, should leave the government. Those who want to oust Mr. Chamberlain admit that he is still the leader of the largest party in the House of Commons, and that if he were to appeal to his friends, he could rally a very sizable block of votes. But his opponents say that this House of Commons, which has been sitting for nearly five years, is not an accurate reflection of public opinion. And so the argument continues. Mr. Geoffrey Shakespeare, the man in charge of Britain's children's evacuation scheme, has appealed to the United States to relax its regulations so as to permit a speed-up in the flow of children from this country to America. There seems to be plenty of red tape on both sides of the Atlantic. So far as I can learn, 
people with money and influence have been the most successful in sending their children out of the country. As one working class father said to me the other day, unless something is done to speed up this business, the children are going to be too old and feeble to travel by the time arrangements are made for them to leave this country. I return you now to CBS in New York. 